0: I'm Shannon Heffernan, a reporter and producer on WBEZ's Afterwater series. Afterwater is a mashup of science, art, and journalism about the future of the Great Lakes. We invited fiction writers to imagine our region 100 years in the future. We paired them with climate scientists and Great Lakes experts and let the writers' imaginations take it from there. Last episode, you heard the story Thirst by Max Dubinsky. He spoke with me by phone from his home in Los Angeles, California. So during this process, we sent you some research, and we also matched you up with a scientist. Tell me a little bit about how that process worked for you.
1: Uh, So I was matched up with a scientist named David Archer, and I just had some questions because I wanted to be as accurate as possible. And so I spoke with David, and we spent about 30 to 40 minutes just really talking like we were friends and discussing, uh, almost as though we were writing a story together, we were just uh, trying to come up with uh, a narrative arc that would be believable about running out of of water and things that could happen, things like mining for aquifers and looking for freshwater reserves that are below the surface of the earth, and and why we can't just purify seawater. And so he he gave me a lot of information that really helped to move the story along.
0: You're living in Los Angeles right now. Um, have have you seen the effect of drought around you and around your in your life personally at all?
1: You know, that was the other big inspiration for my story is because we are currently in the middle of a drought and a big portion of thirst involves people who uh, are living without a care um, with this looming threat over their heads. And almost shamefully, you know, I you know, kind of don't see the effect. So uh, I just had these images in my head of, you know, here we are. They're telling us that there's a drought. We see it on the news. It's, it's constantly in our faces, yet... You know, we still probably run a shower too long or maybe run uh, the faucet when we're brushing our teeth and forget because you take for granted the fact that you have this water at your fingertips. Uh, it was oddly just kind of timely uh, that that I got to write this story.
0: Most of our stories are about things that went wrong um, or could have gone wrong in the Great Lakes region. But your story sets up the Great Lakes area is sort of an oasis and a utopia. It has this note of hope of the positives that could be. Where, where did that come from for you?
1: When I was writing this, I guess I had started out to actually uh, possibly write on a something tragic that had happened there. But I found great joy in kind of exploring the idea of uh, outside of the Great Lakes and what, and what all the destruction that happened around it. I thought it would be great, you know, after all that destruction, if there was still a place of, of hope. And so I wanted to make the Great Lakes that place of hope uh, where people could flock to and be saved as everything else fell apart.
0: One of my favorite lines from your story are those opening lines. Yeah,
1: the end of the world started slow and ended even slower.
0: Right. I, I think that one of the things that gets to is what could potentially happen if we um, too quickly decide that climate change or other issues already have us in doomsday, how we could give up. Is thats that, is that- a concern of yours? Is that a psychology you think about uh, us having to Uh, to deal with?
1: I think about it a lot. I think about how, I guess in my head, I always see the world ending very quickly. Um, But in reality, uh, you know, even now, like like I mentioned earlier, as California faces what they're saying is one of its worst droughts, you know, we still take long showers or, or no, like people still go out. The clubs or the bars out here are still crowded. The coffee shops are still full. People seem to just kind of they keep on living, as they, you know, and they have a line in the story, as we, we got good at pretending everything was okay, and I feel like it's just human instinct to pretend that everything is always going to be okay.
0: In writing this story and, and engaging with the research and talking to scientists, was there anything that surprised you that you didn't know before that, that you learned?
1: Yeah, well, I'll tell you, I didn't know that we haven't necessarily invested in the technology to purify seawater. In my head, I've always thought there's no way we could ever possibly run out of water. Our planet is 70% water. Our bodies are made up of so much water. And in doing the research, I learned that, like, it's just one of those things that we, that takes so much energy and so much money to do that we have never, like, truly invested in the technology to, like, make that an actual process.
0: What do you think... Would happen? Is there anything you can think of that would actually cause a migration away from the coast and to a place like the Great Lakes?
1: Uh, a couple of things. I mean, one of them was the, the rising temperatures, and I guess that's something I, you know, I also think about quite frequently now. And even even here, uh, it was just maybe two or three months ago, the the temperatures were reaching like one hundred and ten degrees and one hundred and five degrees for like two and a half, three weeks straight, and it was just, you know. And it's now saying you know, some one of the hottest couple of uh, uh early springs or, or late winters on record. And I've thought about the ice caps melting or or not melting entirely, but but melting enough. And, and so I, I would fear rising uh, sea levels. This is another thing I kind of included in the story. Uh, and I don't think tidal waves are going to level any cities. But, I mean, three feet of standing water can really just cripple, you yeah. know, any city. So... Um, I could see things like that causing us to migrate inward.
0: Thank you so much, Max, for joining us and for writing a short story for Afterwater. We all really enjoyed reading it.
1: Thank you very much for having me be a part of your project. It was an honor.
0: That was Max Stubinsky. He wrote Thirst for WBEZ's Afterwater series. To hear some of the science behind Afterwater, visit our website, wbez.org or afterwater.tumblr.com. Afterwater is part of WBEZ's Front and Center project. Front and Center is funded by the Joyce Foundation, improving the quality of life in the Great Lakes region and beyond.